chapter eleven of jan of the windmill this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org jan of the windmill by juliana horatia ewing chapter eleven scarecrows and men jan refuses to make george uncanny jan's off the moon and the clouds the picture gave jan great pleasure but it proved a stumbling-block on the road to learning to make letters on his slate had been the utmost of his ambition and as he made them he learned them but after the cheap jack's visit his constant cry was jan make pictures and when abel tried to confine his attention to the alphabet he would after a most perfunctory repetition of a few letters that he knew and haphazard blunders over fresh ones fling his arms round abel's neck and say coaxingly abel dear make yanni pictures on his slate abel's pictures at the best were of that style of wall decoration dear to street boys make a picture of a man jan would cry and abel did so bit by bit to jan's dictation thus makes head make an round make two eyes make a nose make a mouth makes arms makes fingers etc and with some free handling abel would strike the five fingers off one by one in five screeching strokes of the slate pencil but his art was conventional and when jan said make an a miller's thumb he was puzzled and could only bend the shortest of the five strokes slightly backwards to represent the trademark of his forefathers and when a little later jan said one day tis a galley crow that is now make a picture of a man abel dear abel found that the scarecrow figure was the limit of his artist powers and thenceforward it was jan who made pictures he drew from dawn to dusk upon the little slate which he wore tied by a bit of string to the belt of his pinafore he drew his foster-mother and abel and the kitten and the clock and the flower-pots in the window and the windmill itself and everything he saw or imagined and he drew till his slate was full on both sides and then in very primitive fashion he spat and rubbed it all out and began again and whenever jan's face was washed the two faces of his slate were washed too and with this companion he was perfectly happy and constantly employed now it was abel who gave the subjects for the pictures and jan who made them and it was good abel also who washed the slate 
and rubbed the well-worn stumps of pencil to new points upon the round-house floor they often went together to a mound at some little distance where seated side by side they made a mill upon the slate jan drawing and abel dictating the details to be recorded put in the window jan he would say and another and another and another and another now put the sails now put the stage now put daddy by the door on one point jan was obstinate he steadily refused to make giarge upon his slate in any capacity whatever perhaps it was in this habit of constantly gazing at all things about him in order to commit them to his slate which gave a strange dreamy expression to jan's dark eyes perhaps it was sky-gazing or the windmiller's trick of watching the clouds or perhaps it was something else from which jan derived an erectness of carriage not common among the children about him and a quaint way of carrying his little chin in the air as if he were listening to voices from a higher level than that of the round-house floor if he had lived farther north he could hardly have escaped the suspicion of uncanniness he was strangely like a changeling among the miller's children to gratify that old whim of his about the red shawl his doting foster-mother made him little crimson frocks and as he wandered over the downs in his red dress and a white pinafore his yellow hair flying in the breeze his chin up his black eyes wide open with slate in one hand his pencil in the other and the sandy kitten clinging to his shoulder for jan never lowered his chin to help her to balance herself he looked more like some elf than a child of man he had queer independent ways of his own too freaks not naughty enough for severe punishment but sufficiently out of the routine and unexpected to cause mrs lake some trouble he was no sooner firmly established on his own legs with the power of walking or rather toddling independent of help than he took to making expeditions on the downs by himself he would watch his opportunity and when his foster-mother's back was turned and the door of the round-house opened by some grist-bringer he would slip out and toddle off with a swiftness decidedly dangerous to a balance so lately acquired sometimes mrs lake would catch sight of him and if her hands were in the wash-tub or otherwise engaged she would cry to the nurse-boy abel he be off jan's off a comic result of which was that jan generally announced his own departure in the same words though not always loud enough to bring detection upon himself when his chance came and the door was open he would pause for half a moment on the threshold to say in a tone of intense self-satisfaction he be off abel yanni's off and forthwith toddle out as hard as he could go as he grew older he dropped this form but the elfish habit of appearing and disappearing at his own 
whim was not cured it was a puzzle as well as a care to mrs lake all her own children had given trouble in their own way away much the same with all of them they squalled for what they wanted and like other mothers of her class she served them whilst her patience lasted and slapped them when it came to an end they clung about her when she was cooking in company with the cats and she put titbits into their dirty paws and threw scraps to the clean paws of the cats till the nuisance became overwhelming and she kicked the cats and slapped the children who squalled for both they dirted their clothes they squabbled they tore the gathers out of her dresses and wailed and wept and were beaten with a hazel stick by their father and pacified with treacle stick by the mother and so tumbled up one after the other through childish customs and misdemeanours almost as uniform as the steps of the mill ladders but the customs and misdemeanours of the foster-child were very different his appetite to be constantly eating drinking or sucking if it were but a bennet or grass-stalk was less voracious than that of the other children mrs lake gave him benjamin's share of treacle-stick but he has been known to give some of it away and to exchange peppermint drops for a slate-pencil rather softer than his own he would have had benjamin's share of bits from the cupboard but that the other children begged so much oftener and mrs lake was not capable of refusing anything to a steady tease he could walk the whole length of a turnip-field without taking a munch unless he were hungry though even dear old abel invariably exercised his jaws upon a turmot and he made himself ill with hedge-fruits and ground-roots seldomer than any other member of the family so far jan gave less trouble than the rest but then he had a spirit of enterprise which never misled them from the effects of this abel saved his life more than once on one occasion he pulled him out of the wash-tub into which he had plunged head foremost in a futile endeavour to blow soap-bubbles through a fragment of clay-pipe which he had picked up on the road and which made his lips sore for a week besides nearly causing his death by drowning from diving into the deepest recesses of the windmill it became hopeless to try to hinder him and when abel was fairly taken into the business mrs lake relied upon his care for his foster brother and jan was wary and nimble for his own part and gave little trouble his great delight was to gaze first out of one window and then out of the opposite one either blinking as the great sails drove by as if they would strike him in the face or watching the shadows of them invisible as they passed like noonday ghosts over the grass his habit of taking himself off on solitary expeditions neither the miller's hazel stick nor mrs lake's treacle stick could cure by force or favour one november evening just after tea jan disappeared and the yellow kitten also when his bedtime came mrs lake sought him high and low and abel went carefully mill candlestick in hand through every floor from the millstones to the machinery but in vain 
neither he nor the kitten was to be found it was when the kitten in chase of her own tail tumbled in sideways through the round-house door that mrs lake remembered that jan might possibly have gone out and she ran out after him the air was chill and fresh but not bitterly cold the moon rode high in the dark heavens and a flock of small white clouds passed slowly before its face and spread over the sky the shadows of the driving sails fell clearly in the moonlight and flitted over the grass more quickly than the clouds went by the moon mrs lake was not susceptible to effects of scenery and she was thinking of jan as she ran round the windmill she struck her foot against what proved to be his body and stooping saw that he was lying on his face but when she snatched him up with a cry of terror she found that he was not dead nor even hurt but only weeping pettishly in the first revulsion of feeling from her fright she was rather disposed to shake her recovered treasure as a relief to her own excitement but abel whose first sight of jan was as the light of the mill-candle fell on his tear-stained face said tenderly what be amiss Yanny? jan can't make em sobbed his foster brother what can't Yanny make tell abel then said the nurse-boy jan stuck his fists into his eyes which were drying fast and replied jan can't make the moon and the clouds abel dear and abel's candle being at that moment blown out by a gust of wind he could see jan's slate and pencil lying at some distance apart upon the short grass on the dark ground of the slate he had made a round white full moon with his soft slate pencil and had tried hard to draw each cloud as it passed but the rapid changes had baffled him and the pencil marks were grey compared with the whiteness of the clouds and the brightness of the moon and the slate though dark was a mockery of the deep deep depths of the night sky and in his despair he had flung the slate one way and the pencil another and there they lay under the moonlight and the sandy kitten who could see more clearly on this occasion than any one else was dancing a fandango upon poor jan's unfinished sketch End of chapter eleven